Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of the day it is for you. Thank you for pressing that play button. Uh, I'm Angry Jim, here as always with the one and only Jack Smith, and we are High and Wide Radio. Jack, it's been two weeks since we last talked, man. It's, feels it like feels forever. like eternity. <laughs> yeah. What uh, would you do with yourself over the uh, the break there? Uh, you know, I kind of, I guess after the last Flyers game ended, where they beat Pitt 3-0 before they went on the break, I was at that game, and that was a, that was a great way to go into the break. So I just took it with me, kind of shut shut everything down, re, you know, recharge the battery, and uh, we came back, and it was funny we were playing Pitt again, but that's neither here nor there, and just ready to get it get it back and going, and uh, march towards that trade deadline. You know what I mean? Other than that, it was status quo. Ah, uh, the ever-approaching TDL, and we will touch on that a little bit later on in the episode. Um, the Flyers have played extremely well, uh, and we're we're excited to talk about the Flyers because they are playing well. Uh, but first, let me welcome our guest. Uh, as you guys, I'm sure, are well aware of by now, today is National Girls and Women's uh, in Sports Day, and to celebrate such a cool day, uh, we have a very, very special guest, Alex McIntyre. Alex, thanks for joining us. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me again. I'm happy to be back. We're doing great. I mean, we actually, I think you were on the show just about a year ago. It was it February or January? I can't remember, but I thought it was kind of funny how it's been almost exactly a year. It is very close. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's within maybe a week or two. It's Yeah. Our, our annual Alex McIntyre show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw you on the schedule for next February. <laughs> yeah, pencil us in. Yep. So we were going to have Alex on a couple of weeks ago. Alex is extremely busy. As I mentioned, she is uh, a woman in sports and she keeps busy. Alex, um, you are a photographer first and foremost, right? Yes. And you also contribute to Philadelphia Sports Network. Now, w- which one is your passion? I think I know, but I want to ask. Um, it's honestly, it's hard to kind of say. I think I really like content creation. Uh, so I don't know that I would label it specifically photography, specifically specifically written work, um, because where my heart is, is just sports in general. I have a lot of fun shooting. I have a lot of fun writing. So it's kind of both. Um, but photography is kind of a passion that I didn't know I had. That's an awesome answer. And how did you get started in photography? Because I, I, I got to say, like, you know, there are people out there who are like, oh, I could take pictures, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I'll be honest, I can't take pictures. I don't. And some of the stuff that some of the stuff that you put out there, it's like, wow. I mean, like, how do you get these shots? When did you know that you wanted to become a photographer? What made you want to become a photographer? Um, so throwback Thursday with when Brooke and I had the daily puck. Um, I went to a Flyers practice one day with my $200 camera from Walmart. And I just was trying to push content for the site and I was like okay let me just grab a couple photos and we'll tweet them out like whatever um a couple of different photographers who are credentialed for the flyers reached out to me and they're like hey like you really aren't bad at this I was like (laughs) really they're like yeah like you're actually capturing good moments like with better equipment kind of like more education in the field you might actually be kind of good and I was like um okay bet so I started going to Phantoms games. I got the Daily Puck got credentialed for a Phantoms game. And I was like, I can't pull up with this like dinky point and shoot camera. Um, so I bought a D7200, which is now my secondary body. 
Um, and I just started taking pictures, creating what I can. Um, I fell under the wing of Heather Barry, and she kind of became my mentor and just kind of teaches me everything that I know. Okay, wow. uh, real uh, question here, because I, I noticed that you used some uh, photographer lingo or talk there. What is a secondary body? It's just my second camera that okay. I have on my side. Um, a lot of times during a game, you kind of have a specific lens that you use for the majority of the game. Like, for instance, I use a 70 to 200 lens, which gives me a little longer of a focal range. Um, I'll use that for the majority of the game, but there's sometimes when, like, if there's battles against the boards and I'm literally right there, I can't use that lens because it's too zoomed in. So I'll hold the secondary body with a wider lens so I can take pictures of things a lot closer to me. Wow. I, I got to be honest, and Jack, I mean, you, you tell me too. I mean, I, I didn't know that all this went into photography. I, I kind of thought it was just, you know, you, you back up and you move forward. <laughs> No, this she is really. She kind of just explains what I've seen in like some movies where they show like people who are into photography like switch cameras on their neck. I'm like, why are they doing that? <laughs> well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> you know, I get it. They got the first and the secondary body. Uh, Heather Barry actually did an interview the other day. Um, I don't remember what the publication was, but they asked her like, "How many cameras do you hold?" I know she also holds two, but she was talking about people in football often ha- have four. Like, it really depends on your sport and what's going on. I don't Where know do that I can manage your bodies. Where um, do you keep them? You just have them hanging around your neck or what? Well, so I have a cross body strap. So my second one sits on my hip and then my primary one, like I just have the strap around my neck and just have it in my hand at all times. And then like when, when you see a shot coming, like what do you do? You like rip it out real quick or like a gun? Like, like, like how do you know when a shot's coming? You are, you just, you have it ready. I would say that. I'm trying to like picture myself in the moment. So I have my like primary body, my long lens. I'll just kind of throw that into my left hand because my right hand's dominant. Pick up my secondary body and I'm just like, I don't know, like shutter finger, just going. (laughs) Shutter finger is what? Do you have like a certain shot that if you were going to show somebody or like possibly for another job, it's like your go-to shot, even if it's one you got early on that you're just so proud of, does anything come to mind? Um, a few. Uh, it depends on my sport. So I kind of also do a lot of lacrosse. I feel like I'm a lot bigger in lacrosse than I am hockey. There's a couple of photos. If I'm trying to sell myself hockey wise, there's a Carter Hart photo, you know, doing that water thing. Oh, okay. That does. That's one of my favorite ones. I have one, a lacrosse one of a player who had just won the game and it was raining outside. It was very like gloomy and he's like screaming up like, like it was the best thing that ever happened to him um that's one of my favorite ones also wow that's pretty cool and you mentioned lacrosse alex you you're the credentialed team photographer for the new york riptide is that correct yes i am how Um, cool is that that let me walk you through that story a little bit because it's actually really emotional (laughs) um so last season i was covering the wings and I still cover the wings this season also, but not for them, also, or obviously. Last season, I was covering the wings. Kyle from Underground Sports reached out to me and was like, hey, like, would you want to cover the NLL draft? The NLL, like, headquarters is in Philadelphia, so the draft is always at Xfinity Live. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And I went there, and the social media person started using my photos from the New York Riptide, started using my photos, and I was like, 
I just DM'd her and I was like, do you have a photographer? And she was like, no. And I was like, do you want one? And she was like, uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, bet. <laughs> wow. And that's literally how I got that job. And she called me and was like, hey, like, I would love to work with you. And I legit just like collapsed. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Like, <laughs> such a big, like. I called Brooke. It was so funny because I called her and I was like, Brooke. And she was like, you got it. And I was like, I got it. It was crazy. <laughs> and I'm sure uh, people know by now, but you're talking about Brooke Destra, right? Yes, Brooke Destra from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Yeah, we tried to get her on here a couple of times. She's having uh, scheduling trouble. Maybe you help her out with that. Get her to come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome story, Alex. I mean, it sounds like it all happened pretty quick for you with the photography. It did. Um, I became, I started creating content, I guess, June of 2018. Wow. And now, January 2020, I'm a team photographer. That's a year and a half. Yeah. Quick. You have to be excited for what's going to come. I'm completely blown away by it. There's some days when I really can't believe that this all happened overnight, essentially. Um, if you would have asked me that June what my dream would be, or would have been, it would have been working for the Flyers. Now, today, I cover seven different teams, and I didn't realize that I could love it so much. And, you know, I guess if you put out enough content, I mean, the the, the possibility for working for the Flyers is still there, isn't it? It is always there, 100%, and I try to get to as many Flyers games as I can. I'll never say that that's not a dream, because, of course, it is. I just think I don't want to limit myself and say that that is my sole dream. Ah, that's cool. I like the way you look at that. And if you do ever become a photographer for the Flyers, don't forget about the little guys like us. We like going to the games. We like free tickets and things like that, you know? <laughs> that is twice you've solicited <laughs> our guests in the last five minutes. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't forget. Okay, I'll keep you in mind. Yeah, I'm sure we're on the list, right? <laughs> yeah, the long list. Yeah. We're the second body list. <laughs> As long as I am on a list, I'm happy. I'm usually not on many lists. Unless it's um the do not invite to the party list, which is I have a story. I'm not gonna tell that story actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the injured list. That's all you need to know. Honestly, I feel like we need a little bit of like the gist of that story. Oh, no, boy. Oh, you open that door, Jim. I mean No, maybe uh maybe another time. Yeah, you well it was a high school story, you know, and uh I'm over my my best buddy's house, and I'm like, oh, cool, he's having a party this weekend. And I, I go into his computer room for whatever reason, and I see a notebook, kind of like what I have sitting in front of me now, just like a little school notebook. And I see a definitely list, I see a maybe list, and I see a no list. Oh and I'm best, I'm best friends with these kids, you know, remember. And I see myself on the maybe list. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? How am I on the maybe list? And <laughs> that's my that's my list story. I'm, Jesus, I'm gonna... Jim, I thought this was going to be a funny story. That was really sad. <laughs> you guys didn't agree. tell it. I didn't want to tell it. <laughs> wow, I guess we shouldn't have pushed you. <laughs> Sorry. I, I did it for you guys. I said I didn't like lists. <laughs> you, I, I did not. That's not the intention I got from that. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm really sorry that happened to you. That's really messed up. Yeah, and if any of you guys are listening to this podcast, yeah, no, I know. I saw the list, all right? <laughs> and if anybody loved Alex's story, 
and how uplifting that was. Angry Jim to bring you right back down. <laughs> we we like a happy medium on this show, okay? Uh, you can't get too happy, all right? I got to pull you down. Yeah, so Alex, awesome, awesome story. I mean, that's pretty inspiring. If anybody's out there, you know, you, you need to change a career or you think it's too late. Alex, I mean, you're young, but... You know, there are people out there, if, if you're not following your passion uh, or, or doing what you want to do, you know, you, who knows? It could take a year and a half like it happened with Alex and you could be doing something you love. Um, so it's, it was actually a pretty inspiring story, Alex. That's what I kind of took from that. Now, let's talk flyers a little bit. So you occasionally write about the flyers for PSN, correct? Yes. And have you been – I mean, I know you're busy and, and totally understandable. You, you still – Try to find time to follow the team. How how did you, how were you approached to join uh, Philly Sportsnet? Can you talk about that? And was was writing about hockey something you were always interested in? Um, you know, it wasn't. I never saw myself as a writer. I never saw myself as a journalist. Um, I fa- originally, way back when the Daily Puck was a thing, Brooke and I figured that was the best way to kind of get to like broadcasting. Um. Do I want to be a broadcaster now? Absolutely not. But that's where I thought I wanted to be. Um, So I was like, okay, I'll start with writing. Kind of figure out how to storytell and then leave writing in the past. Um, After the Daily Puck ended, I was already the photographer for Philly Sports Network. And Liam was like, we would love to have you as a writer, if you wanted to contribute. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like I would hate to lose that skill. Um, and it gives me a reason to keep up with the things that I love and not really force too much work into my life. Wow. So it was kind of something that, um, they, they wanted to keep you around a little bit. They must've liked you so much. They're like, Hey, we still want you to write for us. And, and, and now let me ask you, because I didn't know the photography uh, part about PSN. Do you still, uh, are you still their photographer? I am. So they use my um, flyers photos, my phantoms, wings, and Delaware blue coats photos. Wow, man, you do do a lot. I do. <laughs> that was like what three teams right there? Yeah. That's four teams. Yeah. Four teams, and now we're talking about the lacrosse team. That's five. What are the other two? Uh, I take pictures of my friend's ball hockey team on a <laughs> Wait. When I can get there, that's hockey on feet, sometimes called foot hockey, apparently, um, <laughs> called the Bankies. I don't know if you guys have seen them on Twitter. And what's the other one? There is a seventh Uh-oh. one. There's Maybe a seventh one somewhere. My brain scrambled. That's okay. We can move on. It'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, do you remember your first article for PSN? I know that's kind of an on-spot question. I wasn't going to ask you any on-the-spot questions, but... So I actually... My first article for PSN was my own column that we decided to launch. Um, it's a photojournalism column so that I can use, like, utilize as many of my photos as possible. And it's called On the Glass, where I basically just talk about my vision of every game of the uh, Phantoms. Because... This, I'm sorry, go I, ahead. I spend a lot of time in Allentown, um, especially during the fall months. Um, and I just kind of talk about 
the state of the team, what I think's going on, who's shining, who's falling behind, like, just to kind of keep everyone in the loop with where things are with the Phantoms. Is this something that you're still continuing to do today, or, or how long ago did you stop doing that? It is something that I still continue to do, but I only do it after every weekend I go to Allentown. Got you. Huh, that might be something I would want to check out. I didn't I didn't know you did that. I do. Nice. Jack, any questions for Alex before we move on to full-fledged flyer talk? I mean, she pretty much laid everything out there. Are you uh, planning on taking on any more teams or continuing continuing your rise up the ladder here? Um, so during the winter and fall, I don't know that I'm going to take on too much more. Um, I think I hit my breaking point probably like a week ago and I was like, okay, I spread myself way too thin this season. Um, probably won't do this again. And then on my Instagram story today, I was like, who are your favorite college lacrosse teams? Like, let me go to their games. Um, (laughs) So I don't really know that I'll take on much more in the winter and fall. Uh, when everything ends in April, depending on if the Flyers make the playoffs or not, That's kind of when summer lacrosse picks up, and I cover the Premier Lacrosse League, which is seven teams in its own. Wow. Oh, you're like (laughs) never-ending here. (laughs) I take like a month of May off, and then I'm back at it. I don't know if I've ever been that busy in my life. That work ethic, man. Jeez. (laughs) It gets worse, though, because I work full-time on top of it. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm done. I feel like a loser. No, don't feel like a loser. I just, I'm so afraid of failure that I don't want to let myself get even close to it. Um, But I also dropped out of college, so I'm kind of like. Join the club over here. I'm like refusing to let myself fall beneath like any type of standard. My parents weren't happy when I dropped out of college. And I was like, I promise I'm going to be successful. I promise I'm going to kill this. Just let me kill it. This is like movie stuff right here. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I saw the scene in my head as you were saying. <laughs> Meanwhile, I did graduate and I'm in debt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm also I'm in so much debt. I promise you I'm in debt. Oh man. Well, it sounds like you're gonna do whatever it takes to get out of it. No issue. You'll never have an issue with your work ethic. That's phenomenal. Thank I'm you. like that at my other job for sure, but uh, you know that just pays the bills. That's no fun. At least you're having fun. <laughs> Guess who's not the, the the boy that didn't get invited to his best friend's party? Well, oh, you, you you might you might have. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't uh, you know let the cat out of the bag. I still want to know. So if, if any of you for I'm not if any of you guys are listening, I really want to know what was up with that. I better get like a, a DM or a text or something tomorrow. I don't talk to half of them, so. I want to know. Why was I on the goddamn maybe list? Maybe you uh, just pissed them off that week. That's all. I, I'm pretty sure I did. Somehow I did piss them off. But, you know, we're getting a little bit off Maybe topic you're here. like Ghost, where they loved you at first. And after a while, they're like, yeah, he's not really that cool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. Nailed it. That could have been it. Yeah. He's cool, but maybe he's not that cool. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's move on here. Um, trade him for another friend. Would we do it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think I might have been traded. Yeah, I might have been. Yeah, all, you saw, all you saw was the trade block, Jim. There was no party. 
Package jam with the 24 case of... Uh, you had, you of, had uh, the first list was the core, then you had the, the, tra- the trade block, and then the, they were cutting everybody else. <laughs> like, like, dude, just tell me you don't want to be my friend. Don't put me on the maybe list. What the hell? I think we would have been okay with that. Long. I'm sorry. I couldn't help with the, making the, you know, the analogy. So let's let's move on. I would rather be on the no list than the oh, maybe. God. <laughs> now you're giving me hope that we're still friends. All right. Let's All right. move on here. The Flyers. The Philadelphia Flyers, which is what our podcast is about. They are 29, 17, and 7 for 65 points. They are currently in, as of right now, and this might date the episode because I'm not sure who's playing tonight. Uh, okay, the Islanders are tied. So the Flyers. There's a lot of divisional people playing tonight. There's a lot of divisional people playing tonight. Yeah, I'm just now seeing that. So as of right now, the Flyers are in the first wild card spot. Columbus is playing. New York Islanders are playing. Uh, I didn't see Carolina, but I'm sure they're playing, and I'm sure they'll win. (laughs) (laughs) Flyers are doing pretty damn good. I mean, they're beating some monster teams, and they've been doing it for the last month. They come into tomorrow's game at 7-2-1, having just beat the Detroit Red Wings, 3-0. They came back from the break and lost to the Penguins, 4-3. They pretty much, they, I don't know, they didn't dominate the Avalanche, right? But they outplayed them for majority Uh, of that game. It was a weird game. It was, uh, they never were losing, but it was tense the entire game. You know, it was. It felt like at any minute the wheels were going to come off, and Colorado was going to just start piling up goals. But they did a great job of suppressing. Uh, oh Jesus, God, what the hell is his name? Um, Entire top line there: McKinnon and Landis well, Cobb, Rantanen. Rantanen got a goal. Landis Cobb had an assist, but McKinnon had nothing. There we go. McKinnon had. They completely kept him off the score sheet. I think he was a minus three. Like that, that was impressive. And he looked great the way he was skating, but I thought him and McCarr were going to go off. And remember, we had uh, Alex Lyon in that, you know, <laughs> so we were looking for, you know, and he played really well. He gave up three goals, but he still played really well. But I don't know if you want to start with that game or do you want to start with Pitt? Uh, we could touch on Pitt real quick because I think they should have won that game. They, and uh, you could disagree with me here, but I think they dominated that game aside from maybe 8 to 10, 12 minutes, and during those 10 or so minutes, they gave up three goals, right? And and those were the goals where what the, the, the game finish? 4-3? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they give up maybe two of those goals, and if, if I remember correctly, Brian Elliott's got to stop at least one of those, man. I'm not blaming him entirely. The Latangle from the yeah. from the side, that, that, that was 100% it. Yeah. Yeah, I it, mean, it was a shame. Yeah, they they could have they should have gotten two points out of that one, and I'm I'm not going to be angry at them for that because of the way that they've been playing, and you know they 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 dominate or pretty close to dominated Pitt in a three nothing win uh, a couple months ago. They were getting the the floor mopped with their heads. Uh, they lost seven to one to Pittsburgh. So drastic improvement. You beat them three nothing before the break. You come back from the break. You lose four three in overtime. A game arguably you should have won. I believe they held, I think they held Pittsburgh to under 20 shots again. So I think they have, and this is going to sound silly. I think they have Pittsburgh figured out. I think they know how to play the Penguins. Uh, and we saw how hard it is to keep them out of the goal. I mean, you can't keep them down for long. 
but I'm confident in in the next time that that the um, Flyers play the Penguins. I'm confident that the Flyers can win. Whereas before, it's like, oh shit, we're playing Pittsburgh. We're excited. You know, the Flyers are going to be playing Pittsburgh, but are they going to get their asses whooped? You know, that that's what I used to ask myself. And now it's like, are they going to win? You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I, I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, we're used to them being all over us where they only took exactly 20 shots. I mean, if I had to say what the issue was in this game is Jerry flat out outplayed uh, Elliott. Uh, Jerry saw a lot more high quality and quantity of shots and was the better, still the better goalie. Uh, PK struggled a little bit, giving up both attempts. Uh, Myers, you know, he, he took another stupid penalty. I thought the call on TK was BS. Uh, and they scored on both of those. And then the big mistake by Coots in overtime really hurt. But like you said, Jim, other than that, it was pretty much all flyers, especially that third period. I still can't believe they only got one goal. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they got a point. And I, they usually don't play well coming out of a break like that. So I'll take it. You know, it, it's it sucks saying it because it's pit, but that's how I felt going in. I, I will definitely take it. And the way the rest of this week has gone – that's a okay with me. Yeah, and there's been a couple times this year, and, and Alex, if you want to chime in at any point, don't be shy. Uh, there's been a couple times this year where we've been wondering, are they turning a corner? Are the Flyers finally turning a corner? Are they going to turn the corner and, and keep going? Are they going to have a sustained run of uh, success, right? And I think they finally, oh man, and I want to knock on wood so bad, but I think they're finally turning that corner i think it's kind of all systems go now the, the i mean after the stretch they just had beating the teams that they've beat how are you how can you not be confident how like, how are you not confident that no matter what team comes into your building and the road's a different story we'll get to that later any team that comes into your building you're going to beat them right this is this is the kind of culture and um uh mentality that they're developing on home ice and I don't know about you guys, but that gets me excited because the Flyers have been a so-so team the last couple years at home. I think that's what draws fans in, and we're starting to see that. The, the buildings are getting a little bit more filled. I know the Eagles are over with, um, but but fans are getting excited uh, for the Flyers again, and it helps a little bit that the Sixers are kind of going the other way, so people are kind of <laughs> jumping off the Sixers bandwagon, hopping on the Flyers, but that's okay. Uh, there's things to be excited about for this team. Let's Let's hop on the Avalanche game a little bit here. Uh, and, and Alex, I told you we were going to talk about Kevin Hayes a little bit. Two goals and an assist in that game. I believe he had a shorthanded goal. Is that correct, Jack? Did he have a shorty in that? I think he, I think he's got shorties in two straight. <clears throat> yeah, he does. I'm looking right, at you. Yeah. I had the notes up. Where so I He think had it a was... power play goal and a shorthanded goal. Wow. Uh, what, in your opinion, has Kevin Hayes meant to this team? Uh, if you can remember in the summer – you kind of like uh, I don't want I don't even know if it was mixed. There was more negative feedback than positive on the Kevin Hayes signing, more so because of the contract. But you know, what are your thoughts on Kevin Hayes? Um, so with Kevin Hayes, going back to the summer, I don't think I ever had a moment where I was like, "Wow, that's stupid." But I also don't think I ever had a moment where I was like, "Oh my God, yay, Kevin Hayes!" Like I was just very like, "Okay, well, it's something. Like we needed to do something." Yeah. Um. When he was given an A, I was like, oh, god damn it. Like, for what? <laughs> Who is this guy? Why? Yep. Um, 
seeing these flyers on the ice videos, like with him mic'd up, seeing everything on their social media accounts, you can really see the personality that Kevin Hayes brings to the locker room and his chemistry that he created with his teammates kind of translates really well to the ice. And I think he kind of creates this um, bond between the players that kind of makes it a lot more homey, a lot more like family-like. Um, and I think he's like a very valuable player in that aspect. I love that you said uh, that about his personality because, and I'll speak for myself, what's made it so hard for me to to get attached to, to players or be attached to this current Flyers team is they've had no personality. You know, they could do well on the ice, but, you know, for from, from my perspective, these guys are just players passing through. Like, they play for the Flyers, but, like, we're always going to be here. So I don't know how to explain it. Like, not that we are the Flyers, but, like, these guys are just passing through. You know what I mean? They're guests here. And when I watch Kevin Hayes, it's like, I like this guy. I want to root for this guy. I hope he does well. You know, and and I can compare him, I guess, to a guy like Shane Gossespierre, who I'm not going to jump all over, but he, he makes it easy for me for me to not like him. You know what I mean? Uh, Kevin Hayes gets me excited. He, he makes me laugh. He makes me want to watch the Flyers, you know, and this team's, they, they've lacked personality for so long. Um, I'll bring it up again. I feel like I'm doing it all the time now. I wanted Matt Duchesne in the summertime. I wanted to be entertained when I watched the Flyers. If they weren't going to win a cup, I at least wanted to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Dude, I couldn't have been more wrong. Kevin Hayes is entertaining as fuck. He's, he's got to be one of the most entertaining players I've ever seen uh, since I, I mean, I think back. Like Hartnell, I guess, right? He was pretty entertaining. But other than that, nobody really comes to mind for me. Uh, Jack, thoughts I on Kevin Hayes? TK a little bit of a laugh every now and then. Okay, yeah, TK. That's <laughs> good, yeah. Yeah, TK is okay. Uh, yeah. Jack, your thoughts on Kevin Hayes? Uh, no, I'm definitely on the same train you are. I think when we uh, were in the offseason and we were looking to make a big splash, we knew the money was going to be limited. Uh, so we really wanted to – you were you wanted Duchesne. I knew it was a long shot, but I'm like, they should just go you know, all out for Panarin. You know, like they need a superstar, Drew's agent and all that. And you know, at the time, we're like, Ghost and Jake are terrible and, you know, what have you. And I, just also the, there was a perception of Kevin Hayes that turned out not to be true. Like, first off, he wasn't very good when he got traded to Winnipeg. Um, he We thought he could be lazy at times in, in New York, although I never remember actually seeing that. Uh, I don't remember them talking much about a little bit right before the season started about his penalty killing abilities, but not when we first signed him. Then it was an extra year. Then it was about half a million more for me, but like over a million more a year for most people. Um, and, you know, then the whole Noel Patrick's going to be on the third line. Well, he's supposed to be second over picker to draft. He's supposed to be really good. And then as time went on, we found out it was more of a necessity that we had Kevin Hayes because of Nolan Patrick's chronic headaches. And you guys bring up how great he is with the team. He was on Spit and Chicklets saying that he was – this team is the closest team that he's ever seen, and he loves it. Like he And he that's why he blends right in when – Konechny makes the all-star. He puts out that tweet of uh, Smash Mouth. You know, you're an all-star, and he like shows him in his robe. It was kind of, it was funny. Konechny had the weirdest smile, too. Then he's <laughs> backstage interviewing players about if they even know who's playing in the Super Bowl. JVR is Amer- uh, American. He knows. 
Drew had an idea. Provorov had no clue. He didn't even know it was called Super Bowl. He said football. <laughs> I thought it was soccer. You know, and Hayes is like, he was hilarious. You can tell he's got great personality. He loves where he's at. And we heard that, oh, I'll go to whoever pays me the most. Even if that is true, you can tell he doesn't feel that way anymore. He truly loves this team. And on top of that, he's a hardworking player. If you score on the penalty kill, you're skilled and you work hard. And he's he's on the power play as well. He's on a line with Lawton and Raffle, and they're one of the best lines out there most nights. Like he's just been uh, A pluses across the board, and there's not one soul out there who called this coming. This is it. it when's the last time any Philadelphia team signed a high price free agent and was <laughs> this happy? You can I wouldn't say Bryce Harper. I, I love him, but his offensive ability is compared to what Hayes has shown us. I'm taking Hayes. And most guys are disappointed, even if they do play well, because you paid so much to get them. And Hayes has blown by our expectations. That's the way I look at it. Hayes over Harper. <laughs> I would Twitter. agree with that, though, if I could tag on to that. Um, like, when we got – I feel like between Kevin Hayes and JVR, they had two very different responses like from fans, and then they had two very different outcomes. Like – Everyone signed, or we signed JVR, and everyone was like, oh my god, like, JVR's back, yay, this is amazing, and then everyone was like, okay, like, you're not doing what you should be, (laughs) and then uh, we signed Kevin Hayes, and everyone was like, what the hell, like, we gave this guy so much money, and now everyone's like, Kevin Hayes, you're our lord and savior, like, (laughs) I feel like they went very opposite. Yeah, and it's funny, a lot of JVR, I think, is, uh, Hextall was so stingy for so long. To like finally go sign that, you know, quote unquote top free. It was Tavares was a top free agent, but you know, next best guy. We kind of ignored that. Like, yeah, we just overpaid for this guy. Yeah, he played on the third line in Toronto, <laughs> and like because we were just so happy to have somebody. And then new GM, first signing, you you say, oh, it's for the coach because the coach had him, and he's not actually that good. And yeah, people have completely flip flopped. And it's easy to see why now, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, I to- I hundred percent agree with that. Three goals and two assists in his last three games since the Flyers have returned from break. A power play goal and two shorthanded goals. Pretty uh, pretty good from Mister Hayes there. And, and like you said, Alex and and Jack as well. He he brings so much more than just what he does on the ice. He he's an integral part of this team. Um, they just seem so serious the last couple of years, right? Uh, it, there's just a different feel. Like you need someone to kind of break the ice once in a while. Someone to just, he, I feel like he just gets it. Like he, he's a funny guy, but he's also smart. He plays hard. He doesn't slack huge part of this team. I, it can't be, it can't be said enough. Uh, having said all that, let's move on here just a bit. So the Flyers beat. The Avalanche six to three. I'm trying to get the stat thing here to load up. Jack, you mentioned Alex Lyon. With without Alex Lyon, they uh, they might be they might have lost that game if if he didn't make some of those key saves early. Yeah, and it, that's funny to say that because I think everybody, as I alluded to earlier, was thinking they're going to get lit up, like. And it, it, he did play good in, in Montreal. His only other game this year with the Flyers. Like, I thought they hung him out to dry. And, you know, I he gave up some... What's that? I would agree with that for sure. They did leave him out to dry. Yeah, and it's, you know, 
I we all you know, that line of McKinnon, Langeskog, and uh, Ratnan has been they've been playing not so good lately. But we never go out there and beat Colorado. I think they had Ryan O'Reilly and Duchesne on the team the last time we beat them in Colorado. They usually beat us here too. And that line being what they were. And our third string goalie called up from the AHL. We did not see a good outcome here. And, you know, the Flyers got out to a 2 nothing lead. And you're thinking, okay, here we go. And then they, they scored and cut it in half. And you're like, uh-oh. Then we would score. Then they would score. Then we would score. And it was back and forth. And then by the third period, I just saw Lyon was all over the place doing everything he could. And it's like he gave up three goals. Yeah, he gave up three goals. But he played his ass off in a game that was high scoring outplay Grubauer by far and uh, Flyers didn't just win the game like they they didn't sneak out two points they were the better team for pretty much the entire team against it against another team that's probably I mean they're playing not so good right now but by the time the season ends like they could they could win their division and we're hanging on to a playoff spot you know so it goes to what you were saying Jim about the teams we've been knocking down and that's just and it wasn't like a 2 to 1 lucky victory they won 6 to 3 they won handedly and that was awesome to see i didn't not see that coming and they were handicapped is my point and they still did that you know who i kind of thought about watching that game against colorado was oscar limblom because i think the first time the flyers played colorado uh, it was the game where I think it was the day of. I think the team knew before we did. And I, and I think they either found out that day or the day before. I, I think Lindblom traveled, but they, he didn't practice and then he wasn't allowed to play. So I, it was either the day before or that, that day they found out about Lindblom. And if I remember, they got beat. It was a close game with the Avs. The Flyers could have won, but they didn't look right. I think I want to say they lost 3-2 to two or something like that. 3-1. to one. Yeah, no, you're, I think you're right because they the previous week they had beaten Toronto six to one. I was at that game, and uh, the, a friend of mine we were talking about. He knows a guy who like knows the team doctor or something, and he was just talking about Nolan Patrick. And like three days later, we he we just asked about Limblom, and it was like the first time the doctor told him I'm not at liberty to say. It's like why would he say that? And that's yeah. it makes sense. It's cancer. You know, so that was right around that same time period. And there was a three days off after they played Ottawa that Saturday before they went to Colorado and played them there. So your timing. Yeah, that makes sense, because then they lost to Minnesota and Winnipeg before they finally came back home and beat uh, Anaheim. Yeah. And if you remember during that time, it was kind of well, at least for me. And you guys can tell me what you thought. But I was okay with them not winning any of those games as, as weird as that is to say, because of the news that, that came up, uh, I, I couldn't expect them to go out and, and play and, you know, play with passion and emotion. Uh, I figured they'd been, their energy would have been zapped, that kind of thing. So they lost those games, uh, to see the way that this team has come together and battled adversity, adversity, and, and not just, you know, the, the regular, hockey struggles where you know they lose uh, and they come together as a team and then they start winning some games they've had a teammate go out to a life-threatening disease his career has been derailed uh momentarily and this team's they've they've i don't want to say overcome because i'm sure it's still all in their minds and things like that uh but they're overcoming that adversity and you know the game against colorado for me shows 
just how good this team can be. They lost to them three to one uh, a couple, I guess, a couple months ago now. Uh, after finding out they lost one of their teammates, a key teammate, <clears throat> they play them Saturday night, coming off a game with Pittsburgh, which you know we've heard this excuse before. It could have been an emotionally letdown game, right? They played a rival the night before. They come back and they beat the Colorado Avalanche six to three. They completely shut down the top line, <clears throat> and I don't want to be like too over the top because I'm sure everybody knows by now I'm either up here or I'm down here. But in my opinion. The, the Flyers are putting something special together, uh, and I'm genuinely excited for this team. Uh, there are still things, little tweaks, that I would like to see happen. We'll get to those. I, I'm not going to be negative at all on this show, but there are some fun things happening with this team. Alex, do you feel the same way? Um, I do and I don't. So I think that the Flyers are currently sitting in a place where they're giving us a lot of exciting hockey you know what I mean um you love to come home and turn on a Flyers game after work which is something that I don't think I said once last season um where I'm at though is I try really hard to be excited and ready for good hockey but I also feel like they have a very aggressive history of like everyone getting exciting just enough to like kick us <laughs> so yeah. like it's hard to say but my friend was watching the Flyers game the other night I couldn't watch because I had to work um, but he texted me and was like honestly the Sixers got smacked by the heat and I'm really happy that I watched a 3-0 Flyers game and I was like damn like when is the last time you can say something like that seriously I mean, the Sixers are the hot ticket, man. Yeah. So Jack. right now, what I'm li- like, what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, I love it. I'm really happy, and I think they're giving us great hockey. But I'm not gonna be like, wow. <laughs> you're not. You're not ready to to have both feet in yet. You. you... Yeah, I'm definitely dipping in like a toe. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I think that's how a lot of us feel. Jack, how do you feel? No, it's, it's, I've always felt that way and I probably will for many years to come until they, you know, they become a juggernaut of the East and it's because of the Hackstall error. They would win, they would lose 10 games in a row and then win 10 games in a row and vice versa. And then, you know, they lost more than they won under his tenure, but they, they were so streaky and you kind of see that this year where they were looking great. November was awesome. December was okay. But then there was the West coast trip and it was like, what the hell happened? You know? And then, but then they come back. I, mean, I remember they came back and it's like, you got the blues, you got the lightning, you got Washington and they won a majority of those games. And now they're still doing it. And it's like, okay, maybe they are. This has been longer. The break, there was the break. It's like, they're not going to come good out of the break. Yeah. They did. It's like, who is this team? Like, okay, I'm starting to believe a little bit. They're doing it without Hart. They're doing it without Lindblom and Patrick. It's like, all right, okay, I can get on board safely. You know, I'm going to be cautious here, but I'm uh, I'm following. And uh, Kevin Hayes has a lot to do to that. You want to talk about making the games? Because last night's game was kind of boring, but he made it exciting. That that shorthanded goal was phenomenal. And that kind of stuff, will, that'll get you on board. Like, that's just extra credit, you know? It's true. And uh, <laughs> another thing that they didn't used to do was take care of business against the bad teams. Like, they might sneak by. I remember talking to somebody, oh, the Flyers won last night. I'm like, yeah, they beat the worst team in the league in a shootout. Yeah, they really handled them. Last night was a good example of, like, this is what good teams actually do. They go in and they shut them out. And we're not even talking about, like, how it was this great performance by the goalie because he didn't see a whole lot of shots. 
It's the whole team. It's Vigneault. Like, I love his system. People are buying in, and it's the results are showing. I love that you said that. That's such a good point because it can't be stated enough. The, the team has bought in. There's been so many interchangeable parts the entire season. Right now they have uh, two rookies on that fourth line, and Bonneman and Albe Kubel, who, who's been phenomenal, by the way, for the amount of time he's been getting in games. Um, a guy that I, I wanted to bring up here is Joel Faraby because there was a time in the season where – I thought he could benefit from some time in the AHL. And reason being is, you know, he's playing in his longest, most physical season of his young career. And to me, it looked like he was getting bodied. He gets pushed off. And and this is all normal. This is not a negative. This is not a knock on Joel Farabee, but he gets pushed off the puck. He He takes a beating night in and night out. I thought he could have benefited from some minor time. So he has, I think it was like nine or 10 days off, scored a, he had two goals and an assist in three straight games before the break, comes back from the break, has another assist against Pitt, and then scores twice against Colorado. Joel Farabee, uh, uh, Alex McIntyre, you want to speak to Joel Farabee's, Joel Farabee's success? Joel Farabee. I, I'm very big on him. I love him as a player. Um. When he was sent to the AHL in the beginning of the season, I was very confused by it. I felt like it benefited him, but at the same time, I was like, we're not really in a place where we could lose a player like him. I feel like he kind of has this hunger to succeed that you don't really see in Morgan Frost. Interesting. Sounds terrible. But no, I'm, I'm like- going to write that down, and I'm going to bring that right up on Twitter as soon as we finish here. Alex McIntyre said... Yes, <laughs> about Morgan Frost. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Don't say that because Morgan Frost follows me on Twitter and I don't want to lose that. But <laughs> <laughs> so I just feel like Joel Farabee kind of plays each shift like it's going to be the last one he'll ever play. Like he's not 19 years old. And I feel like he brings a lot more maturity to the ice. Interesting. Jack, do you see similar things? Yeah. And this and the one thing I wanted to bring up, Jim, when you had referred to uh, you thought he should have went to the AHL. I remember that episode, and uh, it was it was almost like, which do you think? Should he do this? Should he do that? And I was like, I kind of like I kind of like what they did. I think he should just stay. You know, they kind of moved him down to the fourth line, and he's shown that maturity. And instead of whining about it or sulking or you know any or just his play dropping off, he's played better. And he got bumped back up in the lineup, and boom. To him and Coots, I would don't want to see them apart for a while now because even though they didn't score in Detroit, they were looking almost as effective as they were in Colorado, and that's fantastic because now it's, that just leads to the depth of the team. They got all these lines that can do things, and yeah, if he wasn't mature about that, he might be on the Phantoms, and he handled it like a man, a 19-year-old man, and we're seeing the results because of it, and that's getting out of your first-round pick like that. It's fantastic. Yeah, and here's something here, and it's a credit to what both of you guys said. So from January 2nd to January 18th, Joel Farabee did not record over 12 minutes and 48 seconds of total ice time, time on ice. Uh, from, you know, and, and the 18th and the 21st, I'm sorry, the, the 16th and the 18th, he recorded goals. So from January 21st to February 3rd, he hasn't recorded under 15 minutes of ice time. So... He's earning more ice time. Elaine Vigneault is rewarding him, and he's coming through. You know, and, and this is what you want to see from your young guys. Jack, if you remember, we go back, I think, maybe uh, just before the season or, or maybe in the summer, 
that we want to see these young guys not we don't want them just given ice time. We want to see them earn the ice time, right? Because once you start giving people things, they start to um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for here, man? You can't just uh, give people things because they become what complacent. Complacent, yeah. They start to take advantage, like you know, they just deserve things. Um, Farabee's working, and, oh, and well, it, they're yeah. not accountable for their mistakes, like we saw under the Hacksaw era with guys like uh, McDonald and. You know, uh, guys, he refused to bench, you know, yeah. McDonald's the one that comes to mind because he was always he was never benched. He was always out there. Mm-hmm. And a, a guy for me that comes to mind could be like Nolan Patrick. You know, he hasn't really done anything, but, you know, he, he was pouting because he's not a second line center. He's not this, not that. And it, Joel Farabee seems to be the complete opposite. He's a player. He's a gamer. He wants to win. He loves what he does. Uh, so to see him being rewarded is is a positive thing. And he's, um, and he's proving AV, AV right. And it, we're talking about the coach again. I mean, I, you guys said, you know, you're half in half out and completely understandable. Elaine Vigneault makes me want to go a hundred percent in. I, I just friggin' love that guy. I love everything about him. I, I think he's a winner. I think he's going to be the guy that finally gets the flyers to the cup. A uh, little bit off topic there. I'm getting a little bit too far ahead of myself as I usually do. <laughs> Huh. Um, I'm just excited for the first time in, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I really am genuinely excited about this Flyers team. Uh, we, we talked about last night's game a little bit. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it was a snooze fest for me for most of that game. Uh, they were, were they up two nothing after the first period or was it one nothing? It was, I believe it was just one. Cause I, or, okay, no, they, uh, I'm looking it? at the Colorado game no, here. Yeah, no, they uh they didn't score until the second. It was nothing, nothing. That's what people were thinking. Like, you're really gonna let this team hang around? They had a serious problem hitting hitting the net last night. They uh, after the first period, they had 29 attempts. They had 11 shots on goal, 10 misses, eight blocks, and right at the end of the period, JVR rang one off the post. It was nothing, nothing. It was like they were pretty much. I don't. I still feel like we throw dominating around too much. They were just the better team, uh, but the score didn't say anything. And the just opportunities Detroit did have were pretty good. But then they got they got it together and Lawton eventually. Uh, a hag of all people made a nice play, bodied somebody right off the puck, quick pass to Lawton, and then they you know they started scoring. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it was kind of a boring game. There's a lot of neutral zone play. So there wasn't even many tense moments for us. Uh, Elliot got a shot out again, man, but he didn't see a whole lot of shots. Like I would not make him my my first star. I would put Hayes or Lawton, you know, before him. But you know, he did what he had to do. He was in position, and that's part of the reason why they got the shutout. So um, everybody chips in, you know. Like look at Pitlick making the kick save. Like that was a tense. Oh game. my god, dude! I almost choked when I heard that. I wasn't like. I was listening. I wasn't watching, and all I heard was save Pitlick. I'm like, what in the fuck? Yeah, he pulled a, a mighty ducks move. You know, just he didn't dive in front of it, but still, he was there. And I was like, you know, preserve the shit. They could because uh, Bernier started playing better at that point. You could see Detroit getting getting into it, uh, and they were getting pumped up. Especially uh, what was the guy they just got from the Blues? Um, Fabry. Yeah, Fabry. Uh, he, you know, it's like if they score, and it was two nothing at that point. If they score. 
they're going to get back into this game. We might see some overtime. And so that was huge to, you know, not give up anything. And they, they're finishing games. They never used to do that. They would always get they would get tied up and Hackstall would tell everybody to turtle up. And then they would, you know, always come back like it never failed. And it's like not only did they beat them, they preserved the shutout as well. Like they just all around effort is phenomenal right now. Yep. Alex, did you have any time to watch that game last night? Were you working? I was working. I was doing a 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Oof. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> so Scott Lawton scored again last night. That's now a goal in three straight games. I'm a personal Scott Lawton fan. Uh, I think he brings a lot to this team leadership-wise. And he's playing with Kevin Hayes right now, which I love. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on, on Lawton and, and Kevin Hayes playing together? I mean, you could – I think – is Faraby playing with them too? Pitlick. Jackie? Pitlick's playing with them? Yeah. What? I love yeah. that line. And I love Pitlick. Like, that's what you say. You, everybody loves Hayes. Uh, everybody's loved Lawton. And everybody's really starting to see what Pitlick can do with his hard nosed play and his. Uh, how, he's like, probably, he might be, besides TK, maybe the fastest player on the team. Like, you know, he might even be faster. Like, that line is so well put together. And that's your third line at five on five. Like, damn. That's yeah. depth. They got some depth, man. If they could, uh, and we could talk moves if you want here. If they can get one or two guys to fill out, you know, the bottom part of that roster, this team can make some noise. I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, but they could they could beat somebody in the first round and maybe steal another round. I really believe yeah. that. Depending on where they finish and who they play, sure. I would like to see them. It doesn't. Have, I don't want them to break the bank, so I can't just say, yeah, go get the best player available. But if they were to get a fourth line center, Bunneman, friend of the podcast, I uh, I like him. He's a good don't guy. Say it. I think he's got some potential, but if we're serious about doing anything. I do think they need a better fourth line center. Uh, I would just like Noel Patch to come back, but I'm about to let that dream go. Hey, come yeah, on, it's go, yeah. getting close to a trade deadline, and I, he's progressing a way too slow. Because even if he was ready to, you know, okay, doctors cleared him, it would still take him like two to three weeks to get back into playing shape. Yeah. It, I it mean, would. I also feel like, because I know for a fact that he still goes to skate zone and skates. So I don't know, may, he could be working with people there to kind of not fall too far out of shape, if that makes sense. I hope so. What I basically, my gist of what I got out of it is, yeah, he is, he, it's more of a team bonding thing. And he's, it's also, so he's not a couch potato, but um, he's not, the intensity's not there, you know, and that, that's, that's a big thing. Um, a lot of people are saying he would pretty much have a mini training camp of his own, like we saw in September. And, you know, that's a month. Like, I don't know if it'd take him that long. That seems a little dramatic, but that's just the gist that I've, from what I've read if he were to like be suddenly cleared and they're saying there, you keep hearing he's progressing, but slowly it's like, well, that doesn't really say anything. <laughs> like, I, I don't I know. Like, I, just I like running out of time. What was that? Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's um, at this point, it's getting a little frustrating. It's like, how long are we going to wait? Like his contract ends this season, correct? Yep. Or this season. Yeah, he's gonna he's restricted, but he does need a new contract after this year. So what happens? What yeah, does Chuck base it off of? 
I, I in to make matters even more complicated, Limblom's got the same same deal. Now, obviously, we're going to keep Limblom, but it's like, what kind of deal do you make with these guys? It's got to be short term. We kind of discussed this back in what October, Jim, and yeah. a lot of guys were like, "Oh, let him go." I'm like, "You can't." This number two overall pick of the draft, you don't let him walk. And this is not just because he has headaches. If, if he was playing hardball and trying to get you know really paid. And it's just like, I never imagined he'd miss the entire season. I really didn't. And now that he probably will, I'm like, yeah, I don't understand how he gets anything more than a one- or two-year deal. And then on top of that, what do you pay him? Like, what's fair market value for something that no team has really seen? But the thing that's different, like, with him and Limblom is, like, we're under a new GM, and, like, at least Chuck watched Limblom play. Uh-huh. Like he literally has nothing to go off of from his own personal experience. That's true. A lot of GMs like to leave their stamp and it's besides just signing players and drafting players because they won't be here for years. Uh, they like look at ghosts. Like he's almost guaranteed to be gone. If he, see, if he's here at the start of next season, I'll be surprised. But I don't think he will be. I think the only way he's here is if they, he doesn't get taken in the expansion draft because I'm not saving him. Yeah. Right. And it probably won't. I mean, it's uh, new GM just leads to the him. And I mean, Patrick might be tougher, but I get what you're saying. He's like, I haven't seen you do a damn thing. You know, you were on a failed regime and then you didn't play for me at all to where I, you know, I had to go sign the, one of the top centers out there who, by the way, shows up every day and is worth every penny. So why should I pay you anything? And you might not even, if he misses his entire season, what's to say he'll even play next year or miss a chunk of next year. Like, it is such uncharted waters. I don't want to be Fletcher. I hate to say it, but he's going to have to play a little hardball too. He can't just feel, you know, feel bad for the guy. And, you know, give him a favorable deal. We don't have a lot of cap space to work with. You know, we got guys coming up in two years like Couturier, Hart. You know, Sandheim again. They're going to want to really get paid as well. So you, you can't be lazy and uh, negligent here. You know, and like I said, and then what do you pay Limbaugh? He's played for you. He's been good, but then how long is he out for? And what's he worth based on a quarter of a season? It, I, I don't know. I don't want to be Fletcher this off season. Oh, I wouldn't uh, either. I wouldn't either. That's terrible. Patrick's got a lot to prove. I mean, we've all, you know, been in. I mean, I mean, sports or something competitive where, you know, if, if you're battling for a position on a roster with other people who who are out there busting their ass you know, to make the team and, and to help the team. And, you know, we've we've all heard whatever rumors there are going on about Nolan Patrick. Whether they're true or not, we don't really know. That's why they're rumors. Um, but if, if you're even the coach, if you're Elaine Vigneault, I mean, obviously you're going to say all the right things to the media. You're not going to go out and trash a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid. But he knows. You know, they're, they're, those are, there are guys battling out there to stay up with this team, to play on this team, you know, he, he's shown it with the vets already. He doesn't care where you were picked in a draft or, you know, what you think you deserve, this and that. You need to go out and show it. I, I think I've said it before. I don't know if Nolan Patrick ever plays another game for the Flyers. I really believe that. I just don't know. I don't see it. I don't think he's going to be handed a roster spot just because he says, okay, I want to play now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think he's really going to have to earn it and he's going to have to – earn it over one of these guys on the roster. And if you look at the roster, who do you sit for Nolan Patrick? Are you going to bench Bonneman, a fourth-line center, for Nolan Patrick's going to play on the fourth line? 
Who's he going to take ice time away from? Everyone's playing re- really, really well, you know, and I just don't know. I, I'm not, sh- I don't think that the locker room is, you know, shunning him or anything. I think it's probably the opposite, but when it comes time for him to play, and if I'm a guy on that team, I'm just putting myself in their situation. If I'm a guy on that roster and all of a sudden Nolan Patrick decides he wants to play hockey and he's going to take my spot, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel a certain way. You know what I mean? I've been here for 65 games, 60 games, busting my ass. You know, now you, all of a sudden you're ready to play and I got to sit for you. I'd be a little bit pissed. I'm not going to lie. And, and everybody's human, so I'm sure there's going to be some of that. I'm just not sure. I don't think he's going to play another game for the Flyers. I really believe it. Um, I have to disagree with you, honestly. I think that when they get to that point of professional sports and everyone kind of needs each other for overall success, it's like you kind of – I feel like they kind of just want the best for the team. They all want to be able to put their name on the cup. You know what I mean? I Regardless hope so. Of who's benched or not. And I think if Nolan Patrick comes in and they're like, you know what, he's the best for us right now, I think that at working as a unit, I would say, you know what, if he's the best for us, then he's the best for us. I, I lean towards uh, Alex right now. Uh, I, we have heard that he's been like prone to the, to, depression and all that and he was in a dark place that uh had said i think if he were to try to come back and things go really bad for him and then this organization just slowly start to sour i could then i could see a scenario jim where it's just like yeah he's just not gonna play here but i don't think just with the headaches right now that's enough for him to never play again it's just when you see how long he's been out it, it just bothers you and i you start to think really negatively about the future his future with the flyers and the fact that he was see if he wasn't the second overall pick of the draft this wouldn't be nearly as bad you know it, there's so much riding on it because of that and it's it's not just like it'd be like that with any team it's because the flyers when they draft that high kind of get screwed <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to give you some names, all right? So since JVR was taken second overall pick, uh then this is going uh, 08 and up. Drew Doughty, Victor Hedman, Tyler Sagan, Gabriel Langeskog, Alexander Barkov. Uh, let me pick up on this other list here. Um you know, and then you, Patrick Line, Jack Eichel, um Who's after uh call for Carolina? Like that's a lot of really good talent at the number overall two position, and we've had two of those. And as much as you may like JVR, I think there's a future for Patrick. Those both they're looking like really weak number two overall picks, and that we just need that superstar because we've seen our division who has Crosby and Ovechkin get these guys and see what happens, and we're hoping that the you know JVR is what a one-dimensional player as he's been playing better, but come on for the number two overall pick and Nolan Patrick, he can't even, he hasn't even played like, come on. Like the, the big talk is about guys taking after him, like Elias Pettersson or Heiskanen with Dallas. Like that just sucks. It just eats away at you on top of that. If this guy was like a late first round pick or a mid tier pick, it's not half as bad, a lot more because of what we've seen, what we expect. It just makes it so much worse. So we kind of go to those dark places in our minds about what could happen, and there's a lot of animosity because of it. Alex, any thoughts on that? 
Um, I agree with that. I'm kind of in the same boat. I Except the only place where I'm not 100% ready to call or to say that the Flyers are bad at drafting second overall is I don't want to be like, yeah, Nolan Patrick falls in that category. I just don't think I have enough to say that just yet. I just think it sucks that he is was dealt the cards that he was. However, I do have a personal vendetta against JVR. Um, and I will say that he was a bad second overall pick. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but, like, he's doing what he's doing. And then Andre Svechnikov is scoring lacrosse goals. So, like, uh, What is this? Okay. What's what's this personal vendetta about? What did he ever do to you? I, I don't know, honestly. I think, <laughs> like, he came back and I was so excited when he came back. And then since then, it has just been, like, a never-ending like letdown like every time he touches the ice i'm like someone please get this man (laughs) i can't help it it's just like the feeling like overtakes my body of like disgust (laughs) you know what it is it's like i i actually agree with what you said uh i'm not there with patrick either but because of jvr i'm worried about it you know i'm worried i don't want to i don't want that again you know, and I really had high hopes for Patrick because he was supposed to be the number one overall pick for so long. And it's like, oh, he fell to us. This is great. We were drafted 13th. And then, you know, we see what happened with JVR. And now this guy's not even on the ice. It's that's what's like. I'm, I don't want to have to go through that again. And I'm, I'm worried. It's like, and like Jimmy said, he, there's people out there and they're not. I don't think what Jimmy said is unfounded at this point that he might not play again. But it, it just seems more and more with each passing day, like. What's going on? Are we going to have another JVR? Is he not going to play at all? Or like what? What? It's either. It just looks like the outcome is going to be negative regardless. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. It kind of sucks because we're all kind of holding out hope. You know, just we're waiting for him to come back. And it's like we're in February now. Like trade deadlines coming up. up. When you realize what month it is and how he's played no games. Uh, I'm I'm a lot more cynical than most people. So I'm glad that some of you more positive people are hanging on a little bit longer. I was like right around November, I was already sick of it, but I'm a little, I'm a little screwy <laughs> like that. So I apologize. It is what it is. You know, when they were losing after uh, they found out about Oscar Lindblom, I'm not going to lie. I was so pissed off when they lost. I was like, yeah, I get it. They, yeah, they, they should get a pass, but God damn it. They played so bad, you know, like yeah, I just no. can't help it. And uh, so I'm glad I, I don't, I need people like you guys to be like, well, not you. <laughs> you think he's already playing for somebody else. But Alex is like, we're not there yet. Everybody just pump the brakes. You know, we need that every now and then to keep us even keel. But uh, deep down, it's still, I just got this pit in my stomach about him. You know, like, uh, this is not going to end well. So fingers crossed I'm wrong. Hey, here's something know, positive. Well, where I'm at, like, I'm very triggered by the two words expansion draft. Um, But I also feel like if I'm Chuck Fletcher, that could very well save my ass. Because, obviously, you're not going to protect Nolan Patrick if he doesn't play. So, you kind of don't really have to be that person to be like, yeah, sorry, go somewhere else. Um, Because expansion draft may do that for you. Could you imagine... You know what's Nolan funny Patrick. about that comment? I feel like if we put that on Twitter, it would blow up. But at the same time, I could see Fletcher doing that. Could you He's imagine? like, I didn't draft you. I've seen nothing. You know, quote unquote, I'm not dealing with this headache. And exactly. it's an expansion slot. You know, no pun intended either. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, and he's, you know, he's got cap issues as it is. The number two overall picks only get a who might not do anything for you. You know, especially because. Like, with the way the expansion draft rules are, like, I'm pretty sure... Is it the end of this season or next season? I think it's next season. So, if 
Faraby plays this whole season and all of next season, he has to be protected. Yeah. Yeah, but and all the guys like that had the... projected, he was not supposed to be in the NHL this season. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. no one really thought he would have to be protected. God damn, expansion's going to screw us. So, I mean, and here we are hoping, like, you know, let's make a trade and give him JVR or whatever. But Please, Fletcher God, might... give him JVR. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you guys are so down on JVR. He's one it's goal behind contract. Jamie Langenbrunner for 43rd all-time in the United States scoring list in the NHL. I was going to say, I'm like, what the hell are you bringing him up for? <laughs> Jamie well, Langenbrunner, what was he, a third-line player? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but uh, I, I'm just kind of like bringing that up tongue in cheek because I guess that's cool. But 44 for a second overall pick, like, come on. If any of my friends listen to this, they're gonna crack up because they all know about my personal vendetta against JVR. It's all I talk about. Go ahead. What else? Get it all out. This is, the, I mean, this is not the angry <laughs> and negative show, but whatever you want to get off your chest, this is the show. That's really it. It's just every time he hits the ice, I'm like, dude, you have one move and you can't do it anymore. You wait, forget. Wait. Your signature thing in front of the net. Wait, that wasn't what he was trying to do the other night against the Avs, was it? He yeah. was doing. He was because that move was taking ten years. I'm like, what is? Is he? Did he invent a new move that takes ten years to do? Because <laughs> well, what is you this know move? What they did, and it, it irked me. I brought it up too. I'm like, Eric's JVR with his, you know, boat turn towards the net, and he, Seriously. if the goalie's got his pads down, he just slams it into his pads. Like, oh, maybe if I push hard enough, it'll go through. Finally, they got him putting the puck through his legs and passing it to TK, which I've seen work like once or twice. But like, I still hate when he gets the like the two men in front. Like, I'm like, they got PK or a power play, by the way, again, was no good last night. So like they they really against the worst PK and team in the league. Um, But yeah, they got to try something different. JVR is a part of trying something different. Like enough. I just like our special teams were struggling. Power play was struggling. Someone's like, hey, JVR is a power play specialist. Hey, JVR is really cool on the power play. Where? <laughs> Where is he really cool on the power play? In Canada? Yeah, and it's like I, it's like when they said he was this goal-scoring specialist, I just pictured more sniping goals and less, you know, standing in front of the net and spinning, spinorama kind of force it. I, don't, I thought he'd be picking corners. I thought it'd be maybe if he got on a breakaway, be like a guaranteed goal most of the time and, you know, power forward stuff. Instead, we just see this little move that sometimes work. I'm glad the rest of his games come up because it's helped with the hate. But yeah, for what we were paying for and, you know, he was number two overall pick for us after Chicago got Patrick Kane. You know, it's it's so it's just a tough pill to swallow. It's just it's it's kind of reminds you of how we kind of got screwed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if he really doesn't pan out, it's twice over because he's got that big contract. Wouldn't that be funny if we brought him back and he just does it again? Ugh, I mean, he was okay. <laughs> like it's just, and we lost that trade with Toronto. But looking back, know, like seven I think million I would, years, like, that's not chump change. You know what I mean? I mean, look what TK's making. Look what he's doing. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, he's making. Only Hayes is making a hundred thousand more. That's it. And he got two more years. He, how much better he's playing? Overall game compared to JVR is significant. Yeah, but JVR is defensive for, game. I would die for Kevin Hayes and kill JVR all in the same moment. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we want to play. We want to play that game, huh? Yeah, save, <laughs> marry, kill. Well, we know who she's killing. Save, marry, kill. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. <clears throat> you were thinking of the other one, but I can't say it. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay. Back on the track somewhat here. JVR's been playing really good team defense lately, though, guys. Before I move yeah, on. Yeah, well, it just goes to everybody buying in. I was just kidding with that, by the way. Because every, <laughs> every time you say something negative about JVR, that's the response. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that they were paying him $7 million to just play defense. Well, I agree with you there. It's it's weak. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wonderful. Like, the whole team is. Like, I'm not going to yeah. go nuts because he's playing solid D. $7 million to play defense, and he's supposed to be their power play specialist. Yeah. Great if argument. If he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, what he's getting paid to be doing, his team would be even be just that much better. Like See, and that's, really, what, that's what kind of gets me excited yeah. a little bit, dude, because there's maybe 30, the 29, 30 games left. You would think at some point he's going to have to get going a little bit. Claude Giroux is going to have to get going a little bit. Who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, Claude Giroux is another one. Yeah, they're, and I've been kind of trashing him for the last couple of weeks. I, I'm not going to do it tonight, but I think they could they could do something this year. Not win a cup, but... You know, get, they can make some noise. Uh, what I wanted to bring up, because we're way over what I thought we were going to be for tonight, uh, was a trade. Uh, I don't know if it was even real or not, but I'm sure you guys saw it. Uh, oh, geez, the, the, yeah. the, the What the hell was it now? The Buffalo Sabres trade? It was Eichel. Yeah, it was Jack Eichel, Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, I would trade for this guy just because of his name. Zemgus Gergensen. Is that how you say it? I think so. Okay. For for <laughs> for Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, Shane Gossespierre, Carter Hart, and a second round pick. If that's not enough, a second round pick. Yeah. <laughs> why the second? Why why not a first? While yeah, we're it, yeah, they might as well have asked for it at that point, right? And gritty, throwing gritty too, like. Shit, they can have franchise it. goalie, franchise center. I mean, I know Eichel's good, but jeez, top ten player in the league easily. Uh I say top ten center. I don't know about player. He's wow. Needs, he needs another year for me. Okay. Last year was like his breakout year. That's one. He's on pace this year. Don't get me wrong, but um, let me let me uh, he had eighty two points last year. You know, I mean, yeah. there's players out there that get 90 and 100 uh, before, you know, 82. Uh, you know, Coots isn't even that far behind him on the points. Coots usually is like high 60s, low 70s. Plays much better defense, you know. So him alone, that's t- – obviously, Eichel's better. He's younger. Uh, but that trade on literally on paper, they, they – they, uh, Buffalo can't afford that. They don't have the cap to make that happen. <laughs> it's not doable. If I was in that situation and someone actually proposed that trade to me, I would probably be like, yeah, you want my parents and my firstborn too? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. That is an absolute ton. Like, it's like I could argue Coots, and then you're going to say, oh, yeah, and, Jay, uh, and Hart. So like, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? What was that? Oh. Who else do they have? He has given up Ghost. Wasn't there another player? Claude Giroux. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Take him. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? That's that's an absolute insanity. Like, come on. And you got to remember, right now, Connect or, uh, Couturier is on a really good deal. Oh, Take yeah, him. you're right. I mean, uh, that's that's it's way too much. It's just – go ahead, Jim. I know you have something to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I think if you take Carter, Carter Hart out of that trade, I would give it thought. 
I wouldn't just say straight up no. Get Oof. the hell out of here. Are you Oof. kidding me? Yeah, because what are you really losing in Shane Goss' bear? Right? Okay. Well, you got to Shane Goss' bear. And you let's just figure Ghost yeah. for Ristolainen is almost a wash. The, the two players have had, although Ristolainen's been playing better this year, but they pretty much are the same scenario that the, both teams have been going through. So I, I'll give a slight edge to Ristolainen. Uh, so, yeah, that second-round pick probably negates it there. The second-round pick and goes Ristolainen. Gergesen's, what, a toss-in? He's okay at best. Fourth-line center, there you go. So, so you're essentially looking at, well, you're Bottom taking Hart out of the deal, right? So yeah, it's yeah, Drew and Couturier for Jack Eichel. Yep. Oof. You wouldn't Oof. do that. No. No, I can't. Why? I can't. I'd rather take my chances with Couturier and Giroux um, and just go from there. I mean— uh, Eichel could get better and get himself up into that tier. Uh, he, he, the beginning of this year, he wasn't even ranked as a top ten center. He was like fourteenth on the list. I mean, it depends on everybody's list, but I kind of agree with that uh, based on some of the other players. But I mean, I don't think he's a top ten player yet. I mean, he's on his he's on his way, but I wouldn't go that far yet. You got guys like Kucherov, Ovechkin still doing it, Crosby still good. Austin Matthews, Tavares, McKinnon. You know, I mean, that's all. Elias Pettersson's better than, it's getting up there. Not better, I'm sorry. He's getting there, though. He's, like, freaking out. Like, there's a a lot of players to to just, you know, McDavid, I didn't even say. You know, Dreisaitl's amazing. Like, there's a lot of good players out there. Alex, you wouldn't do that deal? Not in a heart. No. 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 You think about it, though. Uh, No. No. So, I just feel like Coots is in this situation where, regardless of what happens whenever Claude Giroux retires, whatever, I, he's going to slide into that captain spot. That's just how I feel. I agree. He's going to kind of shimmy his way right the hell in there. And to even consider cutting someone that's kind of conditioned for that role, for, like, Jack Eichel a okay defenseman and a bottom six guy it's like uh okay um interesting i feel like claude Giroux. he's dangling this season he's it's obviously not his best in the past few but i also don't know that those two equal those three let alone ghost on top of it carter hart and a damn pick so i know you said remove carter hart but still it looks like a lot doesn't it it looks like it I understand what? you got to give to get. I mean, the original trade, including Hart, is absolutely ludicrous. Like that's unbelievable. Yeah. Talk about play- teams or uh, home- somebody being a homer to their own players. My God. Um, but he he is getting better. Eichel is, is he's already got thirty goals this year. I, I still can't do it though. I still think that even us Phillies fans underrate Coots. Like. Like, okay, our last episode, Jim, we were talking about is Konechny the Flyers' top offensive player? And you guys were like, without a doubt, yes. I'm like, well, I think he's the flashiest. I think he's the most explosive. But let's not forget about Couturier. You know, he's killing it with the passing. And, you know, his overall play is amazing. He's the one who leads the team in points. (laughs) Like, You know what I mean? It's not by much, but he does. You know, it's easy. We easily forget about him. And I agree with Alex. He will wear the C. 
And it's like you just you can't change the chemistry of your team first off that dramatically. Um, I don't think you're completely ridiculous for stopping to think about it. <laughs> I think I think that you have to understand where somebody else is coming from. You have to, but but my conclusion at the end, I'm going to side with Alex on this one. I'm sorry. All right, Plus, not be- even to mention for the original trade idea, including Carter Hart, it's like. Sir, can you, like, just take three seconds to evaluate the fact that the Flyers' Achilles heel this whole time has been goaltending? Why are yeah. we going to shoot ourselves in the foot for Alex Lyon? Yeah, how about but how goofy is, is Buffalo? There, there was a guy, I don't remember the Twitter handle, something with Buffalo Rumors or something like that. Uh, when we signed Hayes, he sent out a tweet like, oh, the Flyers signed Kevin Hayes, probably looking to move a center. What do you guys think of Couturier? We're like, are you stupid? Like, why would we do that? Why it's would we want there, to trade Couturier? It's like we're obviously doing this for Nolan Patrick reasons. Has nothing to do with Couturier. And I don't know. They got this. They like him. <laughs> we can't fault him there. They like Couturier. They see something that some of our own fans don't see. But yeah, that's that's why I don't, I'm not. I'm very very hesitant to ever trade Coots. Honestly, I saw it as a compliment for Sean oh, Couturier. Yeah, that's what I'm alluding to. Yeah. And and by the way, like uh, this is just for fun here. I, I, I don't want to trade Sean Couturier. I really like him. Good. Uh, I, would ha- I would hate to have to blast you on Twitter. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, last two seasons, Couturier has 76 points. Last two seasons, he yeah. on the top. But like, that, that's, that's something. You know, like, I think Eichel will probably finish this year with like 85. And know, he's only that, 23. Uh, I, how old's uh, Couturier? 27. I know he's not at 23, but he's probably, he's like 20, what, seven? You thinking that he's gonna? I'm. I agree with you. I think Eichel probably could reach the upper stratosphere. He'd be playing with better talent too. But we're not just giving up Couturier. It's not a direct comparison. I'm not arguing that Coots is better than Eichel. I'm not going to yeah. do that. And I also don't think we really discuss how much better defensively Coots will shut down another. T- he shut down Mount uh, McKinnon. You know, which is that's not easy. Like he, you know, I don't think Eichel. I think his defense has improved, and I think he makes offense out of defense. Yeah, but he's not I don't on Coots' level defensively. It, not even close. You know what I mean? And that's just how that's more to how good Coots is than a knock on Eichel. And I think that's very underrated and nobody's really talking about that. Yeah. I agree. So I mean I, I was kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit there. I would love to have a player like Jack Eichel. Um, but losing a, a player like Sean Couturier would be too important for this team. It would be more of They'd have to kind of recover from that and get back to where they are now, if that makes sense. Um, I love Jack Eichel, though. I mean, 31 goals. He's fourth in the league in goals. The kid's 23 years old, 65 points in 51 games. The Flyers haven't had a player like him since <laughs> since Giroux was good. Jeez, um, where'd he go to high school? Actually, I don't know. You want me to check are that you out? Sure. <laughs> You're just rattling off stats there like he's on your fantasy team or something. Oh, no, he's not, and he's not. I wish. Right. Um, somebody traded Eichel for Patrice Bergeron in our league, though. Did you see that a couple months back? No, like, I must have missed that one. Did you know that it's like a dynasty league, or what was he? Did you know that it's offensively driven? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It might have been when that line, that Boston line, was like, I think one night they all accounted for like 16 points or something. Like, it was insane. Yeah, it must have been. Um, Dude, we're almost coming on like an hour and a half here. Right. Uh I want to wrap up, but I do have to pick a winner for our Wayne Simmons jersey, which I almost forgot about. 
<laughs> it's because so, I retweeted it in the middle of the show. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I was not on Twitter, but I am now. So, um, Alex, if you have any plugs you want to get in while I do that, feel free to plug. Um, I guess just follow... Follow me if you don't at Alex E. McIntyre. The publications I work for, you'll see all my work at the fifth quarter, at Underground PHI, and at Philadelphia SN for that's the fifth quarter, Underground Sports Philadelphia, and uh, Philly Sports Network. That's everyone that I work for. You'll see all my stuff all over the place there. Also, follow the New York Riptide if you like lacrosse. You'll see my stuff there. But for the most part, I'm everywhere. If you don't follow me, you're rude. And that's my plug. There you have it. I'm glad you had something to plug there because uh, Jim would have been screwed if you had (laughs) I I was like thinking of something to say if you had nothing, you know. Uh, (laughs) You might be screwed. You still looking, Jim? Uh, I think I got somebody. Go ahead. What do you got, Jack? You got anything? I just wanted to thank Alex for uh, obviously coming on, but also uh, a couple months back, uh, uh, Travis Sanheim was going through a little bit of a rut. Uh, defensively and the one thing he was doing you know he'd be skating backwards and he would just suddenly fall and so during <laughs> one during one game i posted a picture of uh of, of andrew mcdonald just a real close-up of his face and i just said i'll always be with you and alex retweeted the shit out of that <laughs> it was oh wait i remember that i literally i was crying <laughs> yeah that's, i mean those are the uh the emojis you put up <laughs> That had me on the floor. That was so funny. I don't know. For some reason, it's like jokes always come back to Andrew McDonald. And it's kind of like PTSD. Like it's like (laughs) dealing with everything that you've been through with like a comedic relief. (laughs) It's so like, I don't know. Because like, I think who's doing it a lot this season? Phil Myers is like a big fan of that starfish maneuver. And every time he does it, I'm like, hi, hi, Mac. That's what I mean. It's like I remember teaming him would do it, but he always would do it right, you know. And then <laughs> AMAC does it backwards. And it's just, you know, you, when you have a player like that and it's such a bad situation and the team is so bad, all you can do is laugh at yourself because, I mean, what else are you going to do? You know, yes, and it's just exactly. And I did have a fear of like, not him rubbing off on the defenseman in a negative way, not like that where they literally emulate him, but I just, I don't know. I couldn't help it. <laughs> like I, he's a nice guy. I get it. You know, he does this, he does that. I, he must've been washing their cars and doing their laundry or something because they always rant, rant and rave about how he's such a great guy, but to not come out of the lineup when a team needs to win and be that bad, just blew my mind. But we, we thought on this podcast, I can promise you that. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, we got a winner. <laughs> I think we do. Uh, let me just do a quick random selection here. Uh oh. Okay, we um have a winner. We are going to choose. I don't see a name here, so I'm just gonna go with the Twitter handle, I guess. J Pal. At A-V-E-O-L-U-V. If you recognize that Twitter handle, and that's you, shoot us a DM because you just want a Wayne Simmons jersey, um, which is pretty cool because it's a nice I jersey. I know that handler. He's got the uh, Oscar Limbaum jersey, I think. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he's uh, a good guy, a good, good conversational guy. I like that. Good for him. All right, J-Pal. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, because I do not have the most enthusiastic voice sometimes, so we need that on here. AVO I Love, can... I think, is his handle, I think. Okay, well, we'll get him. We'll, he's always on. We'll, we'll, we'll get him. Yeah. yeah, He's listening. I know he is. Yeah, J-Pal. He knows who he is. DM us, okay? You just want a jersey. Very nice. That's awesome. I never want anything in my life. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Man, really depressing episode there with me not getting invited to the party and you not, never getting invited to anything or winning anything in your life. We're, we're two pathetic losers. Honestly, I'm really so, glad that I could bring a little bit of positivity to the show. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I was just, was just when I was getting into it. Jim, you have a funny story to tell us? Yeah, my friends don't like me. That's not funny at all. It's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I didn't want to tell it for the for the record. Well, yeah, you guys forced me to tell it. I we you made us think it was a good funny story. It wasn't. Yeah, I honestly was expecting something like a bar fight. Like you threw uh, up everywhere. You made a fool yeah. of yourself and in a haha way. Not you found out that your friends don't actually like you. <laughs> yeah. And the way you found out was like heartbreaking. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I would never I wish that for anybody that. I care about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's wrap this up because I, I don't know how much more I can take. I'll wrap so, it up. Basically, Alex said, I worked really hard. Uh, opportunity knocked, and I answered the bell, and it was a really good feel-good story, and Jim said, my friends hate me. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> so if you, if you, for some reason, zoomed all the way to the back of the episode and just heard that, you don't need to listen anymore. Um, Seriously. So we're going <laughs> to wrap up, guys. Um, thanks. Alex, for coming on. It's always a pleasure uh, hanging out with you. Hopefully, we can talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I love, especially, I love kind of talking about my story. I hope it inspires other people, and especially on a day like National Girls and Women in Sports Day. So, Absolutely. And there's a hashtag out there for you guys if you want to spread that hashtag around tomorrow. Um, let's make it a fun day. It's, it's a cool, cool thing, and let's make it fun. I think that's all we got. If you heard... Jack's post-game show last night. Let us know what you think. We'll do we'll do them some more. Uh, you can hear me again this week on the Angry and Negative show Thursday with Dan. And that's pretty much it. Hopefully the Flyers get a win Thursday night, and we're talking about more success next week. So we're going to wrap up. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk again soon. 5-2 over the Devils. <laughs>